Hey, hey, friends, welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. First things first, woohoo! Thank you, praise you, Lord, praise you, Jesus. I was just so emotional when I heard the news of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I just wanted to shout it from the rooftops, you know, to publicly praise God for this huge win. 50 years of praying, waiting, those that came before me standing in the gap for the unborn. At least 62 million babies killed in the womb. You would think that every Christian, every musician, every leader, especially pastors who are supposed to preach the Word of God, would want to celebrate this huge God win and post about it. I mean, I follow all these people on social media. They post about everything else. You know, just a few days before, it was Father's Day, and everybody posted to celebrate that day. But here, God is giving hope to the fatherless, and I don't see much of the church publicly celebrating. Where are you? It's like crickets. It's astonishing to me how silent the church has been. This really reveals the state of the church today. So the Holy Spirit put a burning message on my heart, you know, to give you some tough love today. So please open your ears and your heart to receive this message. Do you wonder why the devil has taken so much ground? He is bolder, louder, and more evil than ever before in my lifetime. I believe it's because the church has been silent when it comes to speaking up against injustice, righteousness, sin, and repentance. I just got off the phone with my dad, and he was telling me, that the reason that Roe versus Wade even became a law in 1973 is because the church was silent. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear, friends, I mean, you can't help but see all the evil. The devil has been working overtime to make America a godless nation. The world is celebrating sin for, you know, an entire month dedicated to celebrating sin. They're rejecting morality. They're becoming friendly with demons and demonic activity. There's demonic influence. Evil is becoming bolder and louder. This is not the time to stay silent. For far too long, Christians, the church, have stood behind the excuse that, you know, we're supposed to just love, you know, let God work it out, not offend anybody, not be political. But this is not a political issue. This is a morality issue. There might be other excuses like saying, you know, we have not condemned gun violence or outlawed the death penalty, or have too many kids in foster care, or haven't done enough for expectant mothers, they'll scream, until we're pro-all life, we're inconsistent. No, Christians as a whole, we are anti-murder. Therefore, we can, without reservation, celebrate the ending of a law that upheld the murder of innocent babies. Church, we cannot forget, this is not a Republican issue. This is not a conservative issue because abortion is murder and murder is a sixth commandment issue. Therefore, abortion will always be a Christian issue. Proverbs 21.15 says, when justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous. So if you are not celebrating this historic mercy of God, you're missing it. If you are demanding other mercies as prerequisites for the rightful celebration of this mercy, you're missing it. 
Yes, you can fight for further justice on separate issues, but do not fail to fall to your knees in gratitude for the justice already given. Do not be silent when you should be singing. Do not restrict praise when praise is due. And it's not biblically sound to stay silent. God tells us in his word to speak up, to stand up for injustice, for righteousness, for the widows and the fatherless. He tells us over 25 times in the Bible to be bold and courageous. I believe that the reason why so much of the church, you know, Christians have not spoken up against hot topics like this is fear of man, people pleasing. You know the backlash you might receive. I'm telling you, friends, fear of man, people pleasing, it will control you. Now, you do need to speak out of a pure, humble heart coming from a place of love. If you're coming from a place of pride or self-righteous judgment, then that's not of God. But you have to understand that God is the lion and the lamb. You know, he's not one or the other. He's not just loving and graceful and compassionate and merciful. He also disciplines. He's just. He corrects. There's consequences to our actions. You know, he punishes and he sets things right. Just like a good father, he has grace and he also disciplines. God did not put us on this earth to be popular. We were created to be purposeful. I'll never forget the day that God got a hold of me and he shook me with conviction. I was having a moment where, you know, he gave me a powerful word to post and I was like, I don't know, this is going to shake people up. I don't think they'll like it. I don't know if I'm going to post it exactly like this. Maybe let me kind of change how I say it. So I was sitting there thinking about how I would edit what God wanted me to say. And the Holy Spirit grabbed hold of me and told me, you can either please man or God, not both. Choose today. So in that moment, friends, I chose God. Then he told me, you know, you're going to be my mouthpiece. Not everybody will like what you have to say, but I will be well pleased. And ever since I made that decision, there's been no turning back. My only purpose is to stay obedient in what God is calling me to say and do. And it should be your purpose as well. I'm constantly keeping myself in check that I don't do anything out of anger. I don't do anything out of pride or judgment. I know it's from the Holy Spirit, and I'm obedient to say what He has called me to say. You see, we have a short time on this earth, friends. What are we doing for the kingdom? What are we doing for eternity? Are we focused on building our own kingdom or His kingdom? Fear is straight from the enemy. You know, it will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. In my quiet time today, I was reading, and I felt like God really wanted me to share this as an example, this Bible story, how Moses was delivered. You know, when Pharaoh was killing all of the babies, God spared Moses' life and hid him. Pharaoh's daughter took him in and raised him. He was well-educated. You know, God was preparing him for his destiny to set the people free. The Bible tells us in Acts 7 that when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites, and he saw one of them was being mistreated by an Egyptian. So he went on his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two of the Israelites who were fighting, and he tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, your brothers, why are you hurting each other? 
But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian. Really, there was fear of man. And then he settled as a foreigner for 40 more years. I guess Moses wasn't ready because it took 40 more years. You know, God had to show up drastically, coming hot with the fear of God, you know, showing up in a burning bush to tell Moses his assignment was to go back to Egypt and free his people. Yes, God's purpose was ultimately accomplished, but he had to do it as an 80-year-old man, you know, because he fled the scene. And I felt like God was saying, He left out of fear. He left because he didn't know what would happen to him or, you know, what people would say or how they would treat him. But imagine if Moses never left that day. He never escaped for 40 more years. For 40 years, God could have used him. That's a long time. Who knows how God might have used him if he never fled the scene? I'm telling you, friends, God wants to partner with you in such a mighty way. If you step out of your comfort zone, not worried about what anybody else will think, who will be your friend, who won't be your friend, the backlash you'll get, and you'll speak up for righteousness, you'll stand up for truth. Imagine the joy you'll have, the fulfillment you'll have, knowing that you're in God's perfect will by allowing Him to speak through you, to change minds and hearts and lives. Let me tell you, I know, it's so liberating to stop caring what people think, to get rid of fear of man, you know, people pleasing, and to really live out your greater purpose. So I hope that you were able to receive this tough love today. You know, Jesus also gave tough love. You see, tough love is not absence of love, but love that sees a danger and brings warning and correction like a good father. You know, Jesus expressed a lot of tough love. We read it in the Bible, you know, in Mark 5, where he threw people out of a room to heal someone. In John 2, he took a whip in public and scolded religious people. Jesus publicly called out religious people with insulting words like whitewashed tombs, brood of vipers, woe, condemnation, even dirty dishes. You know, you can read that in Matthew 23. Jesus even called his companions spiritually blind and hard of heart in Mark 8. Jesus called out people in the church in public and called their father the devil in John 8. You see, when a church loves all the favor of God but refuses correction of God, it's called spoiled, not blessed. Saints, we as the body of Christ who claim to follow Jesus, we need to do better. The truth is God's people rejoice in righteousness. You know, we hear like a megaphone anytime the devil advances in sin. It's all over the media, all over the airwaves, all over social media. So when God wins, we should be just as loud, if not louder, giving him public praise. People that love the world more than righteousness will compromise. But those that love righteousness are surrendered to God, live with peace and favor. Remember, with God by your side, what can man do to you? Nothing. Well, that wraps up today's message. I hope that the Holy Spirit used this word to bring you some sweet conviction and that I encouraged you to be bold and fearless. With Jesus Christ living in you, all things are possible. He loves you, I love you, and I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray us out. 
Lord, Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you so much for overturning that evil law of 50 years, Roe versus Wade. And thank you, Lord, for the Supreme Court, the judges that are advancing your kingdom, like this win for the high school football coach over post-game prayer, Lord God, and freedom of speech. Thank you for these God-appointed judges. Lord, I want to stand in and repent for the church as a whole, for being silent on issues that matter to you, for compromising when it comes to sin, for being tolerant of the things of this world, for being addicted to things that block your presence, for having false idols, false loves. Lord, I repent on behalf of the body of Christ. I just pray for your children today. I pray for my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you would give us a boldness, an authority, a fearlessness to be who you've called us to be, to speak up for righteousness. I break off the spirit of fear. I break off the spirit of deception in Jesus' name. Lord, turn the hearts of your people to love you to desire your approval more than the praise of man, to love you more than the followers, the money, the fame, the status, Lord God, that we would love you and your righteousness above all, that we would be your mouthpiece, that we would speak up for injustice, Lord God, that we would praise you publicly when you reverse evil. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love, your kindness, that you're a good father. We love you so much, Lord. Amen. Make sure to subscribe to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. And be sure to subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Bye.